0: थामरीता ताप तोजीवा ना को भी भीरीरीता काल मशापा
1: Anande Hari Hari Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pishthaya Bhutali Shrimate Vedanta Swami Nitinami Namaste Hashath Goda Vani Pracharine Nevishesha Shunavati Paschatati Satari Srila Brabadi. So during Jyotishthir Maharaj's Rajaswe Jagra, something very extraordinary happened. During the Rajaswe Jagra, one custom is the, the Arghapatra is offered to the most respectable person. In the assembly. So it was being considered that who should it be offered to. So Sahadev proposed that it should be offered to Krishna. Actually from the mundane perspective. There are so many other personalities who are very respectable. Like, from as I said, from the mundane perspective, from the mundane perspective, people consider various mundane aspects, age, and so forth. So naturally, there are various considerations and. But when Sahadev proposed that Krishna should be offered the Argapatra, then everyone accepted it. Everyone was very excited. Yes, Krishna is the most suitable candidate for that. Even those who are being considered that they could be the person to receive that, but even they were uh, in agreement with Krishna being the person to receive that. And like Bhishma and Vasudev, there were so many such respectable people. And they all accepted that yes, Krishna is the most deserving candidate for that. But one person begins furious. Others, some of them also were little reluctant to accept Krishna like Durujathana and others. They were actually very upset that recently Krishna caused Jarasada's death and according to them it was done in a treacherous way. Instead of getting into a battle with him, They got into a single fight, wrestling, and in that Javasana had been defeated by being. So they were already burning, but they did not voice their uh, disapproval. But there was one personality who was uh, extremely envious of Krishna. That was actually his own cousin, Shishupal. Now there is a history also. Shishupal, as you all remember, Shishupal had once been disappointed; uh, his bride had been stolen. <laughs> so. Like, poor guy, (laughs) it it must have been so embarrassing, can you imagine? He's all ready to get married. (laughs) And then his bride is lost. (laughs) So there was lots of built-up anger. But Shishupal, uh, there is a history behind Shishupal. Shishupal was born with four arms and three eyes. So when his father saw that, he considered that it's very inauspicious. So he decided to discard that child, throw it. Because uh, he could see that this child would become a demon. So at that time, one sage came and assured him that, no, don't do that he'll become a very powerful king at one time. But, and his extra two arms and third eye also will disappear. When he is placed on the lap of somebody, his third eye and two arms will disappear. But that person would be, uh, would kill him in course of time he will die in the hands of that person. So, so since then, his father decided not to discard him, and he was placing the child on the lap of various kings and princes, hoping that uh, that his two extra arms will disappear and the third eye will disappear. But it didn't happen. So one day Krishna came to his aunt's house with his mother. And playfully that boy was just kicked on Krishna's lap. And immediately his two extra arms and the third eye disappeared. So in one hand everyone has Parents were very happy that uh, the uh, two extra arms and I disappeared, he became normal again, <laughs> or rather he became normal, but they also were very worried <laughs> that this child will be killed by Krishna. And so his mother requested Krishna. Krishna please, don't take any offense. So she could understand that this child will be so offensive to Krishna, that Krishna will eventually have to kill him. So, so she requested Krishna, please, don't take any offense. So Krishna said, okay, I will tolerate hundred offenses in a day. But if he does, if he does exceed that, yes, then I'll kill him. So, in the assembly of Rajasuya Jagya, when <clears throat> that that argapatra was being offered to Krishna, Sishupal just couldn't tolerate that. Like, he was always blaspheming Krishna like as if it was his main business to blaspheme Krishna. And so he stood up and he said, why him? This assembly has so many respectable persons. Why him? And what's what's so great, what's the greatness that you see in him? He's not even a kshatriya. Uh, what to speak of uh, being exalted, is not even a kshatriya. And even if you say that he was a kshatriya, he was brought up like a farmer. Uh, he didn't have the proper upbringing. And see from his childhood what he has done. Uh, like uh, he stole the garments of young women. Uh, <coughs> He has been always flirting around others, other women. He didn't even consider somebody else's wife. <laughs> <laughs> so he was having an affair with them. And look, uh, he was a coward. He uh, Ran away from the battlefield. Which Kshatriya will ever tolerate that kind of disgrace? And in this way, he was. Pandavas, especially Bhim, and Sahadeva, a few years. Bhim just about to pick up his mace and smash his head. Krishna said, "Cool down." <laughs> and so the whole assembly was burning with anger. But Krishna pacified them, it's all right. And what happened? Krishna was actually counting. (laughs) And just as it reached beyond hundred, Krishna called his Sudarshan Chakra. And the Sudarshan Chakra just went. severed his head from his body. An amazing thing happened at that time. Sishupala's soul came out of his body. Everybody could see. His soul just came out and then it entered into Krishna's body. So this is how everybody could see that although he was killed by Krishna, He achieved liberation by merging into Krishna's body. So this is the benefit that even the demons derive when they're killed by Krishna. So it seems that to be killed by Krishna one has to be a very special soul also. (laughs) But at the same time one point actually comes if the demons who are offensive to Krishna achieve this destination, then what to speak of those who surrender to Krishna and serve him with love and devotion? So this is the point. Time and time again, we are actually seeing the benefit of being a devotee of Krishna. Through this animosity of the demons, we see the benefit of becoming a devotee of Krishna. Like today, one question came up, like why Krishna just, he is supposed to be tolerant and humble, like you know, like why, because the washerman didn't give him the clothes, he chopped off his head. The idea is Krishna is not always chopping off the heads of somebody (laughs) who is not, (laughs) who is not giving him the dresses. But in that particular occasion, it's Krishna's pastimes. In this particular occasion, when Krishna himself asked and he refused, Krishna actually showed what is the result. And right after that, what happened? When the weaver offered him just some decorative materials to dress him, uh, then Krishna rewarded him with a benediction. After this life, we'll go back to Godhead. And in this life, we'll have the opulence huh, that will be enviable even for a king. So you see, huh, the side-by-side, these two incidents. Now, isn't it a proposal being made to you? Which one are you going to choose? Washerman or the weaver? weaver? So that's the purpose of Krishna's pastimes. Uh, Krishna simply teaches us uh, through these pastimes how we should act. And when we act the right way, we get rewarded. When we act in the wrong way, we get punished. Not that uh, the punishment will be like that. Uh, our heads will get chopped off. No, Krishna that way Krishna is very tolerant, Krishna is not interfering. Uh, Krishna left it up to Uh, the demigods to decide what will be the result, what will be the reaction of our actions. But when he comes to perform his pastimes, then it's a different thing. It's like a play. The actions are very vividly presented in front of us. And we see uh, like Shishupal is uh, so offensive. He says all kinds of things about Krishna. Things like, uh, like his father is fair complexion, his mother is fair complexion. How come he's dark?
2: <laughs>
1: you know, like you're laughing, but you know, what is actually insinuity? Yeah. He's doubting his birth. Yeah. Who is his father? That means that they're doubting that his mother was unchaste. <laughs> like this is how he would, went to the extent of, of... Like, abusing Krishna but still Krishna tolerated because he committed to his mother he'll tolerate hundred offenses in one go but as soon as it came to 101 now <clears throat> Shishupal had a very close friend called Shalva they are on the same group. Uh-huh. Now incidentally, uh, you know who is Shishupal? You remember Jai and Vijay? Yeah. Yeah. Who be, who became who was Jai and Vijay in Satyajuga? Yeah. Very good. Hiranyakashipu, yeah. Hiranaksha. Who is Jai Vijay in Treta Tretajuga? Yeah. Ravan and Kumbhakarna. And who is Jayan Vijay in, Theta, in Dwapar Yuga? Shishupal. Very good. So you can see who Shishupal is. A very special demon. <laughs> Shishupal and Dantavakra. So Shishupal, actually, the demons have their, what do you call, uh, their, uh, their associations. Huh? like you have the Chamber of Commerce <laughs> so there is the association of demons <laughs> they are special members of the demon society demoniac society they are uh, very uh, very inclined to each other so and they got very upset that look what he has done. Jarasandha, he killed in this uh, deceitful way. And look, Shishupal, when he was totally unaware, the poor guy was simply speaking. (laughs) Krishna didn't even give him a chance to take up a weapon and fight, or defend himself. He just chopped his head off. (laughs) Like, uh, it is totally unacceptable. But this Krishna, something is wrong with him. Nobody can defeat him. Like, uh, they tried in so many ways and they took the uh, history. Kamsa sent so many demons. Poor Kamsas. uh, His whole support reserve, became exhausted. And then poor guy collected all the friends. Still he couldn't do anything. (laughs) As a child he killed all these demons. So this guy has some Mr. power. So that's how they looked at Krishna. So uh, Shishupal had a very close friend called Shalwa. And Shagal uh, also considered that I have to become very powerful. Like to destroy, his, to attack his city is very difficult. Dwaraka is surrounded by ocean. As if the ocean is a moat. Like generally, forts would have a high wall. And beyond the wall, they'll have moat water bottle to give the protection. Now he has a special mode, the ocean is the mode. Just like Ravan had his thing, Lanka, nobody could approach Lanka. So, Shralla considered that I will need some special uh, means to attack. So he performed severe austerity. To please who? I'm sure you can well imagine. Lord Shiva. (laughs) So he just ate dust for one year. Nothing he didn't eat anything. He was eating only dust for one year. And then finally Lord Shiva became pleased with him and came, Shavala, what do you want? Why are you performing such austerity? So Shwala said that, that I want a vehicle that would move with the speed of the mind. And that won't be destroyed by any man. And he, like Hirandakashipur, uh, he mentioned all different creatures. Man, demigods, demons, rakshasas, daityas, dhanavas, gandharvas kinnaras, whatever name he had in his dictionary, <laughs> he named them all. And Lord Shiva said, fine. And Shalva also had mystic power, magical power. And nowadays people want to see miracle. Like, actually we see that this many of these demons had this mystic power. Like recently there was one person who had magical power. Like he would swing his hand like in the space and a watch would appear. And things like that. So, anyway, let's just, we're all in a frank discussion. <laughs> that person is Shai Baba. Uh, quite some years ago, I think it was sometime in the late 80s, I saw one report. There's a, in India there used to be a, there still I think, there's a newspaper called, the magazine called Illustrated Weekly. Uh, so is it still there? Anyway. So in Illustrated Weekly there was an article. P.C. Sarkar meeting Sai Baba. You know who is P.C. Sarkar? is a very famous magician. The original P.C. Sarkar's son's name is also P.C. Sarkar. So <clears throat> he's a famous ma- ma- magician, actually. I mean, he did some amazing things when he came to London. I don't know, the original P.C. Sarkar, the father. Do you know that? So P.C. Sarkar came to the, he was supposed to give a performance, and he came to the hall Late, about one hour later. I don't know exactly uh, whether it's one hour or forty-five minutes or. So if there was an uproar, why did you come so late? So he looked at his watch. He said, "Why? Say you were supposed to come at five o'clock. You say exactly it's five o'clock. Five o'clock. <laughs> now it's forty-five past five is it? but my watch is saying five. And then everybody looked at his watch, and it was saying five o'clock. And mass hypnotism. So some of these magicians have this amazing power. <clears throat> so, anyway, to go back to this Sai Baba stuff, by the way, is there any Sai Baba <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should be <laughs> a little cautious.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway, it's not my story. It's Illustrated Weekly. <laughs> you know, I read it there. So, <clears throat> Bishesar son, junior Bishesar Sarkar, went to see Sai Baba in Puttapudi, and. So he mentioned that there to meet him, you have to say who you are, where you're coming from. So he wrote, P.C. Sarkar Magician. So he refused to meet him. So the next day, he again went, and he gave his nickname, didn't mention anything. So this time he got his interview, Darshan and when he went sai baba swung his hand like this and gave him a sandesh sandesh so he swung his hand
0: <laughs>
1: he gave him a raso r- Saiva was furious.
0: <laughs>
1: and he told him that you're just a magician. The difference between you and me is that I am just a magician and I'm claiming that I'm a magician, but you are uh, pretending to be God man.
0: Yeah.
1: And they got into a big argument and then he actually exposed like how they do things like that. How the material materialize various things. Anyway, so uh, the point is, don't get impressed with this uh, simple magical display, <laughs> which, which is called miracle. I have seen, I have seen sadhus, so-called, you know, people uh, like <clears throat> he put my hand like that and. He said, now open your hand. And I felt something in my hand. And then I saw it, said, Rudraksh. And like that, you know, like there, this kind of magical fits are quite common. <coughs> <their hand. coughs> so this guy, Sai Baba, huh? uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Shai <Baba>. <laughs> <laughs> Shalu actually
0: um,
1: asked Lord Shiva for this boon that he would get a vehicle that would move with the speed of his mind. That means whatever he would wish, the vehicle would go there. And it would would take the shape according to his desire. It would do whatever he would desire. And uh, now Lord Shiva granted, okay. And Lord Shiva actually told Vishakarma to create that. I'm sorry, maidanav to create that. So Maidanav actually created that vehicle. Mm-hmm. That is called Shobha ship. So uh, with that, he went and attacked Dwarka. At that time, Krishna was not there. Krishna was in Rajasuya Jagdhya, and he stayed longer there. Even after the Rajasuya yoga was over, Krishna stayed on. So it actually happened in the meantime. So this ship, spaceship, came and started to uh, throw weapons from all directions and moving around. Everyone was, uh, everyone was completely perturbed. Everyone, was, the city was crying. Uh, what should we do now? How to pre- prevent from this attack? So then the all the generals of Jadu dynasty came out, Pradumna, headed by Pradumna. And Pradumna shoot arrows that apparently destroyed it and injured uh, Sharva. But next moment the ship again came to. Although it was destroyed, uh, it came back. And this time it came back, sometimes appearing to be many such ships and appearing uh, to be just one ship and, you know, it's completely bewildering and they were fighting, they were struggling, still they could cope with that. And then Krishna one day uh, had some feeling. He saw some inauspicious signs, And he decided to come back to Dwarka. And when he came to Dwarka, he found that Dwarka residence in such distress. So Krishna then, he came into the field. And he was, although he was attacking and Barsoba spaceship was disappearing, sometimes appearing, even to Krishna. Well, the point is, uh, is Krishna's pastimes. Krishna is letting these things happen. And <clears throat> then at one time, hmm, Shalva was completely wounded and he disappeared for some time. But this time when he came, he uh, announced through somebody, that Krishna, Krishna, your salva has captured your father and he has taken him into his custody, arrested him and taken him away. So Krishna was worried, how is it true, how how could it happen? Because Balaram is guarding him, guarding the family members, but the man said, yes, I tell you, that's what happened. And at that time, Shalu also appeared right there, with his, with uh, Basudev there. And he said, okay, so now I have got your father. So I'll cut his, I'll kill him right in front of your eyes. And Krishna was completely overwhelmed with emotion. And Salva cut the head of Vasudeva. And laughing hilariously, with the head in his hand, he walked into the the ship, ship. But right at that time, everything disappeared. That man disappeared, Shalla disappeared, the Sova spaceship disappeared. So Krishna came back to his senses, realizing this is the magical fit. So then Krishna, uh, this time is, he used his chakra. And this chakra uh, dismantled the spaceship. And the spaceship fell into the ocean. And when uh, Shalva was about trying to come out of it to safety, then Chakra went and severed his head. So this is how this demon, Shalva, was killed by Krishna. So in this way, from his childhood, Krishna had been killing so many demons, one after and that is that is why Krishna comes to this world. Paritrana sadhunam, <laughs> vinashaih duskritam, duskritam miscreants, the demons. Krishna actually comes to annihilate these demons. So, hmm, what lesson did we learn?
0: Better
1: to be a devotee than a demon. Very good. Not better to be, must be, a devotee and never a demon. (laughs) And I'm so happy to see that all of you have taken to Krishna consciousness so nicely. And in this way, let Krishna consciousness spread for the benefit of the world. (coughs) That's why we all are here. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the order Jade dakhu Krishna U Pradesh Whoever you see, speak to him about Krishna. For his benefit and for your benefit. Because when you speak about Krishna, then we also benefit. Our Krishna Consciousness, uh, increases. That's why uh, Shavanam and Kirtanam both are most important. <clears throat> Speaking about Krishna, you remember Krishna. And hearing about Krishna, you remember Krishna. So that's why we are, every day we are singing Tavakatamritam. The nectarian words about Krishna <clears throat> is all auspicious. Kalma <clears throat> the impurities of the heart become cleansed. And always remember that all these impurities in the heart are coming from one source. What is that source from which all the impurities in the heart come? Uh, Well, that is a part of impurity. All the impurities actually come from false ego. They're all coming from false ego. False ego means uh, identification with the body. And as you mentioned karma, lust. Lust, what is lust actually? Uh, Lust actually is Gratifying the senses. Sense pleasure. Mm. And of all the sense pleasure, the, the <coughs> most intense is <coughs> sex desire. Now this is the thing, like, mm, sometimes people think that Krishna's dealings with the gopis, Krishna's dealing with the... You know, okay, with the gopis, is is sexual act. But in that respect, Prabhupada made a very nice point. Even to enter into the spiritual world, even to enter into Brahma Jyoti, which is the which is the outer region of the spiritual world, one has to become free from sex desire. Because as long as one has sex desire, one won't be able to get out of the material nature. So if in order to enter into the spiritual world, we have to become free from sex desire, how can there be sex life in the spiritual world? That is how we have to look at it. So... And yes, as you said, that's, f- that's the most, what should I say, that's the worst of all, hmm. impurities, lust. And the most difficult one is, huh? envy, lust, greed, anger, illusion, pride, envy. That's why at the beginning of Bhagavatam, what is the instruction? Nirmatsarana. Envy in Sanskrit is matsar. Matsarija. Or one who is envious is matsar. Now nirmatsar means completely free from envy. So in order to appreciate Shrimad Bhagavatam, we have to become free from why? Because that's the last one. When one has become free from envy, that means he has become free from all other impurities. Whereas one can conquer lust. In that respect, huh, one very nice analogy is given. Somebody may conquer lust but cannot anger. Cannot conquer conquer anger. Example, Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva conquered lust. But he became angry with Kandarpa, Cupid. Of course, we we are not in a position to judge Lord Shiva, but this is just an example. So anyway, the point is, we have to be free from false ego. That's why Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving a simple instruction. Trinadopi suni jena more humble than a blade of grass. When can one become more humble than a blade of grass? When one is f- completely free from false ego. It is due to a false ego uh, that we are feeling pride. And hum, just completely opposite to pride is, humble. So we have to become completely free from false ego, that's what we must try. How can we become free from false ego? By being submissive to Krishna. When we see false ego means I am this body, okay this is also another way of looking at it. When we are in this material consciousness, Uh, then we are in our body consciousness. That means our body is now functioning with its spiritual quality. But we are in the world of matter. Now, the matter, this material world, is inert. But we all are spiritual. Therefore, we are superior to matter. Therefore, when we are in the material world, we naturally develop this tendency of false ego. I am the greatest. Because the world that I am seeing is inferior to me. Even other people, other living entities, no matter how great they may be, how am I seeing them? Am I seeing them with the spiritual identity or we are seeing them with the material body? So our perception of those persons are material. We are seeing the matter. Now I am the spirit, I am seeing the matter. So what is my perception then? I am greater. I am greater than anybody, anyone. Even the tendency to think that I am greater than the greatest one here. That's why people actually become even envious of Krishna. Because they try to see Krishna in the materialistic light. Therefore, it is in this material nature, it is very difficult to get rid of false things. But that's why there's a need to shift our consciousness from the matter, from the material to Krishna. Therefore the only way out of it is Krishna consciousness. So <clears throat> we have found the right way and let's just keep on practicing it in a proper way. It will happen. It will happen. <coughs> As we make advancement, as we keep on moving, we'll become aware of Krishna's greatness. We'll become aware of who Krishna actually is. And in the light of Krishna, in the light of Krishna's greatness, we'll automatically become humble. We'll see how great Krishna is. And we will, in the light of that, we'll see how insignificant we are. So that is the most wonderful process that we have received by Śrīla Prabhupāda's mercy. And therefore, we should always remain grateful to Śrīla Prabhupāda because this gratitude will make us humble also. You have done so much for us, Śrīla Prabhupāda. So let us remain ever grateful to you. And then we will see how Prabhupāda's mercy will be flowing. When you practice the process properly, the result will be there. So uh, we found the perfect way, perfect process, and we are on the right the right place, we are in ISKCON, perfect society, so let's take advantage of that. Hare Krishna, Gol preman does anybody have any question?
0: Yes. How to get out of the envy? Then?
1: How to huh? get
0: out of envy? Very good. How to get out of
1: envy? The way to get out of envy is through love. So <coughs> envy means inability to accept someone's grief. Inability to accept someone's greatness. Why he is being honored? Why he is being worshiped? I should be worshiped. Isn't it? That's the natural tendency, general tendency. But when you love somebody, do you become envious? Like the father loves the son, and when the son comes up with a brilliant result, does the father become envious? He becomes proud Oh, my son. He broadcasts to everybody. My son has done so well in his exams. My son has done so well in his life. Hmm? So this is how through love we actually conquer envy. The person that we are envious of, if we see him as an object of our love, then we will be envious of him. When your brother excels, do you become envious? Why not? And this love should not be just some sentimental thing. It should develop with Krishna in the center because that's the real love. Yes, mukundahari.
2: Thank you Guru Maharaj, I was just thinking, a couple of days ago we were discussing that the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world, so in that sense everything that exists in the material world must also exist in the spiritual world, and then we have sex life in the material world, so am I right to think that it must exist in some form in the spiritual world?
1: Hmm, Good question. See, first of all, you have to understand what is material and what is spiritual. That also I mentioned before. When you put Krishna in the center, that's spiritual. When you put ourselves in the center, that's material. Now, when that so-called envy is there with Krishna in the center, that's there in the spiritual world. With Krishna in the center. For Krishna mm-hmm. let me serve Krishna <coughs> and anyway that is there but we have to understand that it is not like the envy like here mm-hmm. that is transcendental envy mm-hmm. but our business is to get rid of it and like there It's not actually envy, it's love for Krishna. The intensity of their love apparently appears to be like envy.
2: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sarva Mm Sachi. Hare Krishna Gomaj. Thank you for such a powerful class. (laughs) Uh, Gomaj, I'd like to know in relation to false ego. how is this the role of the spiritual master uh, helpful or crucial in helping a disciple deal with false ego? What do you mean? Uh, how can the disciple deal with false ego in light of being a disciple?
1: Becoming humble. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, uh, the way to become free from false ego is by being humble. You know? And it remain how spiritual master helps. Yes. Well, he sees how to get rid of false ego. I mean, how, not that it will work with everybody the same way. Uh, someone is a danda. And somebody needs a caress. But the thing is, the spiritual master reminds us, like as I am telling you, this reminder is the way to do it. But when it doesn't happen, then the spiritual master chastises. But then also the spiritual master sees who can accept the chastisement. <coughs> that way I got a lot of mercy from Śrīla Prabhupāda.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but also there had been some godbrother hmm, who was, you know, close to Śrīla Prabhupāda, an important, very important member. And he once told me that he had never been chastised by Śrīla Prabhupāda. And I told him, he missed out.
2: (laughs) Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you very much for your guidance and your compassion on this trip so far. Um, In your morning class yesterday you mentioned that in a democracy there can't be any kshatriyas. Just want to. democracy can't be? In a, in a democracy, there can't be any Kshatriyas. Could you just expand on why that's the case? <clears throat> because
1: you see, Kshatriyas, Kshatriya has the freedom to act independently. Kshatriyas will is might is right. I mean, whether we like it or not, that is. And you know, when they are not, that's why the Kshatriyas, when they're not controlled by the Brahmanas, they can become very dangerous. That's what actually happened in the recent past. Because they didn't accept the authority of the Brahmanas, the kshatriyas became independent. Then the kshatriyas became very very destructive. An example for that is a horse is a very powerful animal. But when the horse is properly harnessed, then the horse can be so productive. But let the loose, and when the horse is on its own, what will the horse, what will it do? So, like similarly, elephant and other animals, you know, like when they're properly you know, controlled, they can be very helpful. But on their own, they can be very destructive, especially the animals, those who are in the mode of passion. So <clears throat> that's why democracy, I mean, sort of monarchy, became dangerous at one time. As I was saying, like you know, they started to act independently. And as a result of that, what happened? They became uh, tyrannical you know, despots. And so democracy came. And in democracy, you see, there is no room for being independent. As I say, uh, the legally they are not allowed to function independently. Mm-hmm. That's why the only Kshatriyas, probably in today's world, are the mafias
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the dacoits, Like there were, uh, in India there are some regions were ruled by Dakwas, mm. and, and in that society what would happen? Like, in a way, the Kshatriyas, you can call them, like Dakwas, But they're controlled mm, by proper rules uh, and regulations. Now just consider, will the world today allow a powerful person to come and take over? And that's why These kind of tendencies are taking the shape of anarchy, taking the shape of terrorism. But the thing is, the Kshatriya world is, you know, open to all. Not only one person has the right. Other people also, more powerful person will come and subdue him. And another one who is more powerful then come and subdue him. Right. but the nice thing about it is that the right ones the appropriate ones are being controlled by the brahmanas they're functioning with the laws of the scriptures guided by the brahmanas. therefore they are productive they controlled their their um, genuine
2: Like Krishna Guru Maharaj, mm-hmm. by, after
0: killing uh, Sisubal, he merged with uh, Krishna and it witnessed by Yudhishtha Maharaj. So, my question is what is the quality
1: of Yudhishtha Maharaj so that he can witness this merge? He can? Witness this merge after he with Sisubal. Merging? Merging.
2: yeah.
1: Well, he can, how could he witness? Yeah. Well, they could see that, like, you know, again by Krishna's mercy. Or you can say that they were pure enough to see the soul mm, merging. Probably not that everyone saw that, but some saw that. So also saw that. Huh? Naradhan. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Bajdev also saw. And that's why he could write that.
0: Then my second question is, sorry to ask this question, is it a Tamil Tigers, we can, can we consider Tamil Tigers as Kshatriyas? Who?
1: Tamil Tigers. Tamil Tigers. As I told, that in this age there is no Kshatriyas. They are mafias. You see, like Tamil Tigers, if you ask me, I'll say they are like mafias. Because the society is not allowing them. Uh, like so you can see, the Sri Lankan government doesn't allow it. Indian government doesn't allow it. and they're crushing them. Ultimately the big Brother, America is crushing all things. But consider, you know, like everyone is has the right. But, and so what will happen? The bigger power will subdue the weaker power. And then ultimately what will happen? The most powerful will dominate, right? But today what is happening This the power is not in the hand of one person. The power is in the hand of the multitude. They are electing. And a person becoming the leader or the head on the basis of the vote of the people, not with his own strength. But with the vote of the people. And that is what democracy is. Now consider there is no democracy. What will happen? Well, the possible site will be Tamil Tigers are fighting the Sri, Sri Lankan government. Sri Lankan government the subdues the Tamil Tiger. Indian government comes and subdues th- Tamil uh, uh, the Sri Lankan government. Uh, then uh, American power coming <laughs> and controlling, Indian power and subduing. And it's not being done by a conglomeration of a government. It's being done by indi- individuals. Huh? So everybody has the right. That's why there is a Sanskrit expression bīro Bhogya Vashundhara. means earth. Earth planet. Earth planet is enjoyed. Bhogya means enjoyed by the heroes. The more powerful one is, the greater right he has to enjoy the earth. But they're functioning under the subjugation of the Brahman. They're being directed by the Brahmanas. So the ultimate power is not in the Kshatriyas. Ultimate power is in the Brahmanas.
2: Thank you. Um, I just wanted to extend on, on what discussions were happening around democracy and this world in general. Um, so we do live in a democracy and we know that Krishna is the supreme personality at God residing in all, of our, all our hearts. And um, so isn't it also true that an individual could have a desire of Krishna to say that, oh, can I become that person who can, who can rule the world and deliver all these people to uh, the Supreme Lord as the purpose of this kind of movement.
1: Here, yeah, let him become that powerful. It will eventually happen. Democracy will last forever. Democracy will go. And then let's see what Krishna wants. The point is, where is that person that powerful? That will get rid of the democratic uh, democratic system in the world today. Like isn't America interfering with everyone? Uh, and some are still defying American uh, thing, but that also they're actually doing in a uh, not autocratic way. But in a dictatorial way. Like just consider North Korea. Their attitude is to hell with America. Why should we take their supremacy? Or the uh, the the ISIS, ISIS, or Al Qaeda. They are kind of functioning like they are not democratic. They are not being elected. Like, in, and there you'll see the most powerful person is the head of it.
2: Yet they're regarded as like extremists and... Extremists, evil.
1: yeah. But the thing is that no one is there to check them and give them the right direction. Mm. Like, yeah, democracy won't last forever. Now all these arrangements are there. That's why it's dem- democracy is functioning when uh, anyway as I mentioned like I don't know how it will happen I don't know how it will happen but uh, it may happen that someday all the structure will go and there will be anarchy uh, anarchy means you know like there's no law and order everyone will be free to act the way one And as a result of that, there will be conflict. But then, probably somebody uh, will come and uh, set the things in order, but he has to be extremely powerful. Uh, And probably that person will be empowered by Krishna, just as Parshuram did. Uh, He'll come establish the law in order. and establish Krishna conscious government, or not government, king.
2: But that has to be uh, prescribed in the scriptures as well. Right.
1: I mean, the scriptures, you know, like, unless we go through the scriptures, there's going to be anarchy. Scriptures are establishing the law. Dharma means laws given by Krishna. So if we don't abide by Krishna's law, how can we function properly? On the other hand, if we abide by Krishna's law, Krishna's blessings will be there. And everything will be established properly. Thank you, Ravishwara. Ravishwara? Take the mic.
0: by your definition of Kshatriya would Gaddafi, Saddam all that would be Kshatriyas? Well in
1: a way you can say they are Kshatriyas they are Kshatriyas but are misdirected Kshatriyas right? As I said like Kshatriyas can be also identified as Decoids. The the are Kshatriyas in a way huh? they are depending upon their, you know, physical or military power, or mafias. They're depending upon their power. Uh. And sometimes, you know, they're fair. Like, originally, at least, you know, I don't know the mafias, but long time back I saw the movie Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Marlon Brando looked like a good guy. (laughs) But you see how corruption entered into there. You know, they wanted to start drug pushing. You know, drug in, introduce smuggling of drugs and pushing drugs, and he was opposed to that. But he could last. These other people took over, and so that's why you see Akshatriya on his own cannot decide what to do and what not to do. He needs direction. As I was saying, a horse. Can the horse decide which way to go and what to do? But when somebody is uh, controlling the horse, then he can do so much with the horse, with the horse's power. I mean, in a way, we can also, anyway, so this is the point, you know. Like, mode of passion has to be controlled by the mode of goodness. Then only it will become productive. Otherwise, without the control of the goodness,
0: mode of passion by itself will be destructive. My only question was, my only question was, the Gaddafi's and Saddam's and, you know, all would be considered Kshatriyas as such?
1: At the same time they can be considered as demons also. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, Kshatriyas are protecting the society from injuries. Mm -hmm. They are protecting their citizens. They are, you know, like, these are the qualities of a kshatriya. Now, I don't know to what extent, you know, Saddam Hussein or, you know, uh, uh, Bin Laden or they can be identified as kshatriyas.
0: No, you know, I'm not talking about but like Saddam's know. and, uh, you know, Gaddafi, etc. kept a good control on the countries. That's true. Yeah, that's
1: true. Like, I mean, uh, To some extent, you know, yes. And again, you know, like, America's interference, you know, is kind of causing all the problems. Like, you know, you go to, say, for example, uh, like the Kshatriya structure of, say, a monarchy. You have visited Dubai.
0: Yeah. There
1: is a king. And see what happened. That country was a desert today it looks like a paradise. Why? Because there's a good real, good ruler. Uh, and the people are happy. His own people, he's really taking care of them. Uh, practically all the Iraqis, I mean, uh, UA, uh, at least Dubai citizens, they're very well off. Uh, and what arrangement he made, that anybody can come and start a business, but he has to have a Dubai partner. And the partnership is that he'll have to have at least 20% right, of the business. So now you consider one person is shareholder of 20 different companies. Uh, so consider the amount of money that he'll do without doing anything, just sitting at home. <laughs> Some Indians are
0: working, and they are deriving the benefit. But the whole, whole purpose of Dubai is a uh, tax Tax ever yeah. yeah. And then most of the monies have come from the Russians and the Indians and... Uh, yeah, Russian is money there,
1: is coming yeah. from Indians and the labor is coming from... I mean, <laughs> Russians, yeah, yeah. but the labor is coming from the Indians. No, also money... No, is... business also, I'm taking. I mean, they are not just bringing money. They are setting
0: up businesses there and... Oh, oh no. A L- lot of Indian black money okay. has been laundered through Dubai, Singapore... Anyway, you know better than me. <laughs>
1: You are right in the middle of that
0: business.
1: (laughs) Pranam Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Uh, Earlier, I think you touched on Dwarka, which arose from sea. I've been to Dwarka. I don't know what it must have been as it was in time of Krishna. But I believe not much exists. Would there be any light? Uh, can you throw some light on it? Actually, the original Dwarka disappeared. Huh? Today's Dwarka is not really in the middle of the ocean, it's on the mainland. Huh? So we have to understand it's just a part of Dwarka. The original Dwarka, when Krishna left, Dwarka went under. And that Dwarka, uh, now archaeologists are finding out that it's still there. Mm. They're having photographs and they are going underneath and seeing the remains of a the city there.
2: Yes. Hare Krishna Maharaj thank you very much for a beautiful lecture. Especially the last half, I really got into it. As a result of that, um, it got me thinking, We've talked a lot about the beauty of Krishna, his strength, and all his other attributes. But what does he sound like? What's he? What does he sound like? What is his voice like? What are the qualities? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's difficult for me to answer. because I never,
2: <laughs> Difficult
1: for me to answer because I never heard it myself. <laughs> but we can well really imagine that he is... His voice must be so wonderful. And what to speak of his flute. And it has that flute, it has been pointed out. You see, Vrindavan has been described, katha ganam natyam gamanam abhi. In Vrindavan, the words, the speech, is music. And movement is dance. So then the question arises, if speech is music, then what Krishna's flute is like? The sound of Krishna's flute. If movement is dance, then what rasa dance is like their their movement is dance. So what rasa dance is like. So that's beyond our imagination. So only when our ears will become purified, Mm. our hearing faculty will become spiritualized, when our identity will become spiritualized, then probably we'll be able to listen to that. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Hare Krishna Maharaj. Considering the, the demons that you mentioned in these pastimes are Krishna's devotees performing a role for him, what kind of liberation do they receive when Krishna kills them? They are generally sajujya Mukti,
1: merging into his bodily effulgence. Sometimes they get Sarupa Mukti also. They get the same form. Like it has been mentioned that Pondraga actually got Sarupa Mukti <laughs> because she was always meditating on Krishna's form. So after that, being killed by Krishna, he got the form like that of Krishna and Vaikuntha. <laughs> Like in Vaikuntha, all the residents either look like Krishna, uh, most of them are, they actually look like Krishna.
2: Narayan. I. I just wanted to add to that, that's okay. Um, Bhagavad Gita explains to us that within us we have divine and demoniac tendencies and you were talking about some of the horrible things that people do. So what is it that drives a normal jiva to act demonic? I mean, you you kind of answered it at the end part of the class. And how can we make sure that in our decisions, in our day-to-day life, we're moving towards the the divine and subtly, not the demoniac?
1: The thing is, you see, when one becomes very powerful and, you know, out of his power, and he turns against Krishna, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then he becomes a demon. weaklings generally don't become so deep. I mean they may be demoniac in their attitude but they cannot really display that demoniac you know, demoniac features. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, all glories to Sri Prabhupada. Is there any more question? One question. Okay, sure. Oh yeah, right. Uh, Krishna Govinda also has a
2: question. Thank you very much, for much. I do have several questions, but I don't want to keep too much of your time. Uh, thank you very much for the wonderful classes. I've learned so much from these classes too. But I was just wondering on the question about the different rasas you could have as a relationship with Krishna. You can have, like, a, as a servant, neutral, friendship, parental, conjugal. So, in the mood of the queens who are married to Krishna, What rasa do they have? Because they also have children, grandchildren. children.
1: The queens are in in Madhurjara's conjugal, but their attitude is servitorship. That's the difference between the queens and the gopis. Because the wife's attitude towards the husband is like that of a maid servant Like, uh, that is whereas the, uh, the gopi's relationship with Krishna is in pure conjugal relationship.
2: Okay? Yes, thank you. And uh, the other question was, you spoke so nicely about uh, Krishna's son, uh, Prajumna, Anurula, and Samba have uh, valiant they fought in, against the other demons. Did they actually take, partake in the, the war, the Mahabharata war? Did they, the Prajumna, Anuruddha, all the grandsons, grandchildren, did they partake in the Yeah, Krishna's.
1: War? Yeah. You see, the description there in Mahabharata is that Krishna's army
2: mm-hmm,
1: was there, but, <clears throat> and there's no mention of Pradhumna and Aniruddha taking part in that Thank, Thank you very much. Uh, who was the next one? Oh, you have a question also. Uh, Anato Vijay, you, you, you have a question to ask.
2: My question is regarding the soul. Soul is uh, such an ananda. So So where, where do we get the impurities from? How do we develop all this greed, and pride, and
1: envy, and... Mm, Good question. You see, soul is minute. Mm. And its consciousness is minute, like a ray. Unto how many points a ray can be projected? Unto how many points? One point. Right. Have you seen? Like, you're thinking of one thing, the mind shifts. Then mind just goes into another point directly, completely oblivious of the previous point, you know, like, this is... So the consciousness of a living entity is like a ray, and it can be projected only onto one point. So the consciousness can either be projected towards Krishna or away from Krishna. These are the only two options towards Krishna, that's the option, or away from Krishna. The moment the consciousness is projected away from Krishna, Krishna's illusory energy, Maya, is just next to Krishna. Right? And Maya causes the living entity to forget his spiritual identity, just because he looked away from Krishna. As I said, Coming in, maya is Krishna's inferior energy. When the superior living entity comes across the inferior energy, he develops his false ego. I am the lord and master. False ego, mystic and identity. I am a servant of Krishna, but now I am the lord of maya. Lord of this material nature. That's the first covering. False ego. Just see, just the mistake of looking away from Krishna caused this false ego. And then, uh, how am I going to enjoy this world? Second covering of intelligence. And then, through the mind, the consciousness now is flowing constantly towards this direction. So, through intelligence, through false ego, intelligence and mind, he develops his subtle body. And then, according to the subtle body, he gets his gross body. And with these two things, he is completely tied down. So this is how, and then then, this tendency to exploit this material nature, enjoy this material nature, is developing
2: all those negative qualities. When you're born, you know, you, you don't have those qualities. You know. Yes, you have them in your subtle mean, body. Oh, okay,
1: okay. Uh, So it's not the gross body, is not the only one. The gross body is a product of the subtle body.
2: Thank you very much. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, we talked about uh, Dwarka and Krishna. When Dwarka disappeared uh, and Krishna left uh, this uh, material, did his uh, lineage stop at that time? What was that? His uh, uh, lineage.
1: Um, or oh, the lineage? Lineage.
2: Okay. Didn't uh, it stop at that time? Or does
1: it, uh, are there any people Yeah, it did stop.
2: The, the stopped.
1: only person who, who remained is Uddhava. Yeah. Otherwise the Jadus, all the Jadus, Krishna sent them back to the spiritual world. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you mentioned democracy in your lecture. And we, are, uh, in, especially in the West, have many countries that live in the most democratic society. Uh, what is the system that Iscon should be uh, living in? Because we can see that sometimes this democracy also wants to come into the Iscon management. How the Iscon should be managed?
1: <coughs> well, the Iscon should manage with common sense and intelligence and uh, guidance from the scripture. So generally the way Prabhupada structured it, is structure. if it comes to them. You know, if you look at the structure, Prabhupada is the founder Acharya. He is the head. Then Prabhupada arranged the governing body, this concept of collective management uh, with the leading members, of the governing body commission, whereas every temple is an independent unit. The temples are managed by the temple president, along with his team. So that is the structure of Islam. But when it comes to the government, Islam just follows the local government. We don't go against the local government. We are we have to follow. When you're in America, we follow the American government. When you're in India, we follow Indian government. When you're in Croatia, we follow the Croatian government. We don't get into conflict with the government. We function under the local government. Yes, Nishikanta.
2: Yeah. I Question, I remember reading or hearing somewhere that um, Krishna brought back the dead sons of Devakī at one point. My question was, um, as your service to Krishna is complete, why would Devakī want her sons to come back if mean, she had Krishna? Why would, how do we understand that, that there was something lacking that she felt? Don't
1: ask me, ask a mother. <laughs> Probably the answer will be: the mothers are always attached to their children. One more question. Is any mother answering the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mother would always want her sons back so she can shower her love on them. That's why I think, that I think so. Because <laughs> she couldn't do that. Um, My question is, we hear a lot about uh, Kams and Shishupal, but very little about Dantavakra. And it's Dantavakra who are Jaya and Vijaya from there. And um, also Kams is not, like initially when I first read Parsons, I thought Kams was, you know, and Shishupal were Jaya and Vijaya. Can you elaborate a little bit more if possible? About? On Dantavakra?
1: Dantavakra is still alive. We didn't come to that. Still alive means my... my. (laughs) 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 So, yes, Dantamatra was killed by Krishna, uh, and with his disc chakra. Thank you very much. Actually I couldn't describe all the, like this pastime also I couldn't have, Krishna brought Devaki's six sons back. Also uh, Krishna and Arjun brought back the dead son of a Brahmana back. Uh.